Good morning and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I'm Anika Wilson and today I have two amazing entrepreneurs with me and we're going to start off with Miss Tamika Russell. Hey Tamika. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Can you tell us about yourself, about your business and where they're located and who you work with? Absolutely. So Outside by day, I am in IT, <laughs> and I recently just launched a company, Idea Words uh, LLC, and uh, the company will primarily be used to promote the sale of my book. So I have a narrative nonfiction, which will be released next month, entitled The Average Joe, An Extraordinary Father. Uh, narrative nonfiction means it's a true story. But it's told very creatively. I have a large imagination. <laughs> so it's a story about a father and his daughters, which is largely inspired by my sister and um, myself as well, our relationship with our father. And it covers all of the, the themes that I would say are very critical to a young life. I am a very firm believer that a relationship between a father and his daughter is the most critically defining relationship of a woman's life. And so it covers those younger years, really, as you have a different, more of a reverence relationship with your parents through adolescence. It covers blended families, uh, since my, my father uh, remarried when we were still minors. And then it also covers grief and how the family comes together and deals with grief as, as part of that. And then finally, it's, I'll call it the last stages of your life where you really start to develop a different relationship with your parents and you become friends. And then also the roles get reversed. So a lot of different things, but the underlying foundation is really the relationship between a father and his daughter. It's funny that you say that because in our podcast yesterday, we had a relationship expert and we were talking about how when that foundation is not there, how it affects everything else in your life. And for me, I grew up without a father and with a single mother and being married, it's, you know, and I'm a newlywed, it's very hard to understand the roles. And this doesn't just go for ourselves, but it goes for teaching our children. It goes for establishing relationships in the world, in the community. That foundation is so important. So to hear that you just wrote a book about that, that's, that's something that is, um, is not spoken of that needs to be talked about more. And um, I was inspired to do it for a number of reasons. One, I had a lot of friends and colleagues talk about the special relationship I shared with my father as an adult. Um, but then secondly, unfortunately, there's always a lot of negative media and press about absentee fathers, but there are a lot of people that do have their fathers. And then more importantly, I also wanted to use my relationship with my father and share him as a surrogate with other young ladies that can get some of those same life lessons that I was able to gain from my dad. That's awesome. Can you tell us more about your IT business? So um, in IT, I actually work in corporate America. My business, Idea Words, is really um, launched to focus on, I'll say, the creative side of my brain. So writing my book. Um, I also have family members that do a lot of digital media and marketing. And so 
the goal for Idea Words is really to bring up the, the, the company and have a nice family business where we can work closely or work closer together as a family, but then also really build a legacy. So that's important to me because one of the things we talk about on the podcast is the fact that we have a lot of women who are still in corporate America who are following their dreams and following their, their creative side. And I want women to understand that you don't have to wait until you're done working a nine to five or until the time is right or till whenever you can pursue your dreams and do multiple things. As we say, multiple streams of income is always better than one. Um, what is your philosophy on that? I would agree completely. And I would say for myself, um, this is a dream that's been deferred uh, 20 years to write my book. It seems like yesterday almost when I was graduating undergrad and my father, the same one that I admire a lot, uh, told me during undergrad, no, you cannot have a major in English, right? Um, that because you can, I mean, theoretically you can teach with a degree. And naively I listened and certainly looking back now, I know more and there's so many other things you could do with an English degree. So I've had this dream for, more than 20 years and there's never an opportune time and for i'll say friends colleagues even former bosses over the years have told me this is what you need to do and i said i agree but then i gave myself all of the butts but i have a career but i travel a lot and it's a it's amazing because i still have a career right now i travel a lot and i would say my career is probably the demanding it's ever been in my my life but I figured it out. I figured out how to use that downtime. So while traveling on planes, um, while sometimes sitting in airports and being able to unplug from corporate America and really fulfilling that passion just breeds a whole new level of energy that I did not anticipate. And now that it's almost done and something to be released, I cannot um, verbalize or begin to express the emotions that I have inside and what joy really lives in my heart from being able to tell that story and hopefully inspire so many other people. That is the amazing thing is that when we actually follow our dreams and fulfill our passion, you know, getting up and doing that every day is, is indescribable. And you also mentioned that it took 20 years and that's the number for me of chasing, you know, nonprofits and working in agencies before I finally said, I can't work for anyone else. I just have to do me. And a lot of people that I speak to, um, whether it's, you know, marriages, jobs, you know, raising your family first and then pursuing your goals. It seems to be around 20 years that everyone has this, this revelation. And so it's really, really um, important for people to understand that if they learn anything from what we're saying, it's to to not wait for that opportune time because it will never come and to just leap. You know, when you leap and you just, you just overcome your fear or you overcome the unknowns, you know, like you said, your father telling you, you know, when we, when we go to college, we have these, these perceptions of what we're going to do, but it's until we, we get involved in life before we really know what's out there for us and what our options are. And for me, I was a music major, but it had nothing to do with what I wanted to do. And it took a long time for me to understand that, you know, it's okay to have your creative side, but 
you can make money and you can live your life doing whatever you want. It's not this cookie cutter thing that we have to do because that's what we're taught to do. It's doing exactly. what you love and that's where fulfillment comes from. And I think for ladies, we also have to consider the fact that we typically put everyone before ourselves. And so we will always put our prioritize ourselves at the bottom of the list. And so it really is about taking that guided step or that extra effort to really find whatever your passion is, whatever the gift is that has been been bestowed upon you and really using that gift and not letting it go to waste because we are so sidetracked and busy with everyday life. And I, and I don't, I purposely don't live my life with regrets, but as it relates to the 20 years, I think I've learned so much. I've grown as a woman, I've grown as an individual, I've grown as a daughter and my let's say beyond my 30 self, <laughs> know so much more than I did in my 20s. So although it's a dream deferred 20 years, I'm confident in my heart and in my spirit that it's the right time. And you know, it's funny you say that because I'm 37. And I think, you know, as a woman, as we age, that confidence, it, it solidifies. So, you know, we go through those stages, you know, a lot of men may not understand why we're insecure, you know, from teenage years to 20s, you know, we think differently and we go through stages. You know, I can say that I may have had a level of confidence in my younger years, but your confidence builds as, as time goes on and it's different confidence. And so, like you said, the things that we've gone through in the last 20 years, it molds us and it gives us strength. I think strength and confidence are two totally different things. And once you tap into the strength of, of your adversity, of, of the things that we've gone through and making sense of it and being able to use that for our good, I think that's what happens. And as older women, I hope that we're able to speak to younger women and let them know that you can do that before you go through the things that we went through. Mm -hmm. Just making sure that you have a village and you create support systems and that you, you let people nourish your dreams and your ideas, that you don't go at it alone and wait for that time that, you know, or age or wisdom that you can get those things without having to do it the hard way like we did it, I guess. Exactly. It really is about sharing those experiences because every time feels like you're the only person the first time through. Yep. And there's always someone who has traveled that path before you. And we really do have to be very open about sharing. And that takes uh, maybe some different skill sets because normally we like to be more close as individuals uh, to those outside of our immediate circle. But it really is about building that network, sharing those experiences, helping someone you don't know, and helping to bridge a gap that may exist in someone else's life. Yes. Rachel and Akisha, do you guys have any comments for, for what Tamika's saying? Hello? I can hear you. Go ahead. Do you have any comments, Nikisha?
Rachel, any comments? Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you now. Okay, sorry. I think I was on mute. So um, just to touch on that, I, I missed out on the first part of the talk, but I think it's so easy to, and from my experience, to feel like the world is against you. And especially being a business owner and being a female business owner, it's easy to take that, that feeling and it ends up creating a negative space in your, in your mind altogether. But the truth is, the more I've gone through this, the more I've realized how open and willing people are to number one, help, but number two, to support and encourage. And they want to, they want to be there through that process. They want to see you succeed. And I really had to exit that from my mind that they were against me because I had so many negative experiences working um, in a, a male dominated business. I had so many that tried to beat me down that I, I forgot. And I think I went blind to the people out there that really were there that wanted to build me up and were willing to and wanted to. That makes total sense. And a lot of times we isolate ourselves because of that fear or the, the previous patterns of abuse or, or even like you said, being in that domination, like I was a correction officer among other jobs, but you know, especially when you go against the norm or when you have ideas or you are one of those doers, sometimes you are dummied down. You know, you are asked to conform, to not shine so bright. And I think that's what a lot of women conform to. And, and they just, some of them even walk that line for the rest of their lives. And as you said, being able to understand that when you do want to take that leap or you do want to do more or you feel like you're out of place, if you reach out to other people, that support is actually more readily available. And I know that's what you're saying. And I agree. Like, it's, it's amazing. Just... You know, we have this, this connotation that women don't support women, but that's not true. And I want to be an example of, of women understanding that, that support is there, whether it be in business, whether it be in your community, no matter where it is. It's, it's actually more prevalent than not. Oh, absolutely. And I found that the more comfortable I get as being a business owner and feeling confident and feeling confident as a woman doing this, the more my creative side like the other lady was talking about she she was talking about losing your creative process through it feeling like you have to that you have to be all business and you have to lose that part of yourself and i was i was pursuing uh, singing when i was younger too so it's funny she said that i felt like i couldn't show that that side of me you know, and the more I do show that side of me, the more my customers, the more uh, the people that work with me, the more they gravitate towards me. And the more I've just shown it and, and, and made it shine, the, the more my, my business has grown. And you don't have to stay within the lines. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to, you know, go by everyone else's rules because ultimately 
I started this business so I don't have to go by everyone else's rules. And it's really hard to break free of when, when you're starting out because you're still feeling like you do have to conform, just like you were talking about. And that, I mean, once you can start breaking those chains, then it's like, wow, okay, I, I see why I did this. And it makes you want more. And then you're like, what can I do to be better? What can I do to help other females in this position? Ladies, do you guys have any comments for what Rachel's saying? I can completely relate. If I think about my personal experiences, when I graduated undergrad, you know, I came out and I did the typical dark colors uh, suits because that's what I wanted to wear. And they were very mm -hmm. tailored with more of uh, like some femininity, but uh, quite frankly, more masculine than feminine because that's mm -hmm. what we were taught, um, especially working within a technical field. And I want to say maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I really started to make that transition to say that I don't have to look like my male counterparts around the table to garner the same respect. And so now my power color is pink. So I <laughs> agree that you can color outside the lines and you can really demand something different based off of your presence. Now, do I still have those moments where the guys will assume that the person next to me or behind me is the leader at the table because he looks a certain way? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But now I know how to really handle that um, type of uh, interaction or, or feedback, which I can appreciate when she said, used to take it negative and now you flip it to a positive and really make light of it and in order that you can really be effective and, and accomplish what really needs to be done so go pink so pink <laughs> that's so true and when i first started in the business it was okay i have to cut my test down because they're automatically seeing me as the weak female on a job site you know in the construction world that's that's just the flow of everything so i started that way and i gained zero respect um it hurt me it didn't help me but what i did is i learned how to present myself in a confident way and when i do get pushback from say a male uh, uh counterpart then i know how to handle that situation now and I do it gracefully and I let it roll right off and that has gained me a hundred percent more respect on my my job site from from everyone because they will see when you are not confident in what you're doing and unfortunately there are the wolves out there that that will eat you alive when they do see that and I was eaten alive and spit out and I mean over and over again and it just took getting back up and doing it again and saying I'm not scared of you I'm not scared of this I will be good at this I love that and that was so hard that was so scary that I mean I can't even explain how much that took to just keep going and saying I'm not scared of you 
I think that, that that is what makes us stand out is that when you get to that point, that that is your inner strength. That is your superpower. Mm -hmm. That is you lifting your voice and saying, I will be heard. I do have value. And it's just as good as yours, if not better. And a lot of people are afraid of that. And I want people to understand that you don't, it, there's no right or wrong way to do that. It's just a feeling. And normally the first time you do it, you're scared. But guess what? Mm -hmm. The more you do it, the better you feel and the more you succeed. But if you never do it, then you'll never fulfill your dreams. And like I said, there's no perfect time for that. You just got to stand up for yourself and and fight. And so Rachel, can you tell us more about what you do? Because you're talking about your, how male dominated your field is. Um, tell us what it is. Oh, yes, of course. So I own a full service remodeling business. And I originally started it as a tile installation company, hence the name the tile girl remodeling. Um, I was a tile installer. And then it ended up flourishing eventually to the full service remodeling side. I focus a lot on design, a lot on tile design, but I'm also on the field in installing as well because it has been very difficult to find number one, other females that want to come into the field. And that's pretty much my main focus right now is building a platform to create that inviting space for females to come in for say uh, internships or some type of on the job training. And um, for the most part, I'm known for tile and then it grows from there. Denver is a, a booming city right now. So it's constantly growing. And so you go in for a, a tile project and then it turns into, oh, can you look at this? Can you look at this? So in a nutshell, that's, that's what I do. And you said you're in Denver? In Denver, yes. Okay. All right. Nikisha, Tamika, you have any questions for Rachel? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious, Rachel, how did you get started in the business? Did, did you have uh, someone mentor you? Or was there a family connection? How, how and, and where did you get your start? Good question. So I originally uh, grew up in the renovation business. My dad was in the hotel business for 20, uh, about 28 years. And we moved about every two years growing up. Um, went to the East Coast, West Coast, South, out of the country, you name it. I was never involved in the business at the time. So I went into my late 20s uh, doing my own thing. I was in customer service. I did waitressing. I was in corporate America for seven years. I worked with um, the larger banks. And to start, just to kind of rewind, because I moved so much, I was always the new girl at school. And it came to the point where that became so difficult and I was young and I didn't know how to deal with, you know, the negative things that were thrown my way that I, I finally, I threw in the towel. I ended up dropping out of high school in 10th grade. And of course my parents were not happy about it, but I told them, I was like, you know, this, this isn't, this isn't going to stop me from doing, 
you know, something great in life. I won't let it stop me. So I started working um, immediately and just obviously in the, the entry level positions and whatever I could find. And then at a certain point in my 20s, if I was 21, I was like, I need to start proving something. I need to start proving that I'm not just a high school dropout, that I can still excel in a position. And I ended up getting an entry-level position in the corporate world with a mortgage company at the time. From there, just to kind of fast forward, I ended up staying with the, the same company uh, for about six to seven years. And I worked my way up. I worked my way up. I was a wealth management trainer and all of my counterparts were male once again. And they were, they all had their masters uh, in English. They had all of the qualifications and that came with a battle in itself. You know, I never felt good enough. I never felt like I deserved the position because I was told I didn't deserve the position. You know, no one thought I deserved it. They worked around me because they took their, the traditional route and went to college and got their master's. And I applaud them. I think that is dedication in itself. And I know it's an investment, but it wasn't my road. So from there, it ended up, once again, I wasn't strong enough to handle their words. And I let them push me out. At the time, I was all the way in New Jersey. My family was in Arizona because I had transferred. And I, I ended up in a weak place. And I said, okay, I'm throwing my hands up. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want that negative image of me. I just always thought, like, why, why? Why do people have such a negative image of me? What am I doing wrong? Why don't people like me? And at that point, now, I'd been doing something for seven years. And I'm like, what do I do now? So I ended up moving to Colorado. My brother still lives here because this is the second time I've lived here in my life. And he said, hey, Rachel, come live with me, figure out what you want to do. I ended up jumping right back into the same field of which I disliked. I did financial planning. So fast forward, then I was waitressing, I was bartending, I was trying to do anything to make ends meet because that was a, that was a commission-based, you know, uh, field wasn't making it work well I my now brother-in-law he had his best friend moving out from Florida and he was a title installer and he had been doing it for 15 years so he was like my my brother he said to me he was like hey do you need a roommate because my best friend's moving from Florida and I said yeah absolutely well, he saw the struggles and he saw that I, I needed to make more cash. And he said, hey, Rachel, come, come work with me and just be a tile helper. Well, little did I know, I, I did not ever expect to, to stay in that, ever. And so I worked with him. I started as a tile helper. Then I would do his, his grout. I would do his cuts. Then from there, just to not make this too um, long-winded, I ended up creating, you know, my own thing. I ended up branching off. I was a tile installer. And then from there, I started a tile installation company. 
and then from there it, it ended up evolving into the full service remodeling business. That is an awesome story. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you. Thank you. All I have to say is it's funny that um, a lot of times we don't even know what we're good at until we do it. And then it just so happens that we happen to be good at some of the things that we didn't even know were And, you know, you talked about the men with the degrees in English. Tamika, I was over here giggling. I had to, <laughs> I had to giggle slowly because Tamika just said that. But that's the reason why I love what we do in, in comparing because, you know, we have a lot of things that we come across in our paths and we think it's just us or we think that we're perceiving it wrong or we're taking it personally. But ultimately, many of us are facing the same battles. And I just want women to understand that we face them together, not alone. And, you know, if, you know, we go from waitressing to music to whatever, but ultimately there is no limit on what we can do and what we're good at. And if we want to do a little bit of dibbling and dabbling here and a little bit of dibbling and dabbling there, I think we were created for that. Because I know for me, I'm a brainiac, but I have a creative side. I love to do things, and but my vision stops in certain places. That means I need other people to help fulfill the rest of it. And so that is why we have to understand that it is okay to not know it all or not to be good at it all. But we have to nourish the pieces that we have and work together to, to share it with the world. Does that make any sense? It does. And it's one of those things we talked about, right? As you get older and you develop your wisdom and maturity as a woman and also in your profession, you learn those things. Because when certainly when you're first starting on that one um, ramp in the very early stages of your career, you feel like you have to do everything. You feel like you have to be the best of everything. But with time, you come to realize we all have our strengths and you really have to build up your, your bench strength with other people that are stronger where you are not. Everyone has a role to play on the field, and it really is about building out a well-rounded team. And that team is internally, it's your customer network, it's your supplier partner network, it's your, um, your cheerleading team. And for me, that's my family. They are the ones that will always remind me of all the great things I can do. But then they're also the ones that will remind me when my head gets too big, and they'll bring me back down to reality. So it really is about making sure you have all those different roles and players in, in your life so that you really have the most well-rounded experience. You said something that was really important because you happen to be very lucky that your family is supportive. Because for many, they're still in that zone of, you know, you're crazy going down this rabbit hole, you know, when you should be doing this or this or this. And for some of us, we've had to cut some relationships off in order just to nourish our vision and our dream. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I really like for that conversation to be one that's had as well, because some people, they, they don't have the strength to let go of the people, the naysayers, and move forward, which for me, that was a barrier because my, my mother had an expectation of me getting a bunch of degrees and being something. And I, I've been doing, I've been chasing that. But I also felt limited in what I was able to do with that. And I, I kept trying to figure out how to do what I needed to do in that realm before realizing that it, it just, 
I just couldn't do it anymore. And so now it's like, I feel limitless, you know? But, you know, finding the proper support is really, really important. And whether it's your family or having to build a village, which I, I say that I have a committee because I have people in my life that I use as family and I use them for different areas of my life. And so I will even post on Facebook, hey, thanks for my committee, you know, that I have sanity and I can do this, this or this. Because when you don't have that, it is okay to fill gaps. And that's what people need to understand is if you don't have what the world says you need to have, there's always substitutions. But it doesn't mean that you can't do what you need to do in some other way. It may not look like what we're taught it's supposed to look like, but that doesn't mean that it's not, it's not possible. Agreed. Certainly agreed. And I will say, even with your committee or your bench strength or your, your circle of influence, not everyone will consistently share the same vision for your life. There's some things that may be more aligned with, I'll say, the traditional route where they can say, I truly support. I'm going to say when my mother's a huge supporter, my father was a bigger supporter. And when I first started writing this book and really talking about the relationship with my father and all the dynamics, I will say my mother was not completely sold, right? And a month or so ago, I just read her a passage. And for me, it was in that moment to read that passage so that she could relate and have some connection to what I, I'm doing with my book. But also know I can't force her to support the way that I would want her to. I have to let her be herself and know her well enough. One of my favorite taglines is know your audience, right? So you really have to know the people that you're, you're interacting with. So really know that she shows support in a completely different way, which is opposite how I would, but that's okay because we're two individuals. So it is about making sure that I'll say you have surrogates if you, if you need other people to fulfill those roles. But we also have to recognize some people support us the best way that they know how. That was something that I finally had to come to terms with. And I had to understand it wasn't a reflection of me. Exactly. But it, take, it takes wisdom to get there, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> and it takes a lot of hard times because, you know, you take it personally, naturally. But then you have to understand that it's okay. And, and that's what I say when I say people need to have the strength to be able to move forward regardless of that. Because a lot of times we're waiting on approval or validation from those people that we want to accept our goals. And if we wait on that, all, we, we may never get anywhere. And so we have to understand that people do the best that they can. All right. Uh, do you ladies have any more comments or uh, questions for each other? Just another a quick comment, just to touch on what you were talking about. Number one, finding that, that inner voice, not having that support system. Sometimes you just have to be your own inner voice. And as tough as that can be to bring that up, because sometimes that inner voice just wants to tell you, nope, 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 you're not good enough, you can't do it, you can't do it. But once you find that voice and start talking to yourself and not caring what everyone else is saying, that's when you start breaking those, those 
those chains and molds. But also, um, I think Anika was the one talking about this, how cool is it that we don't have to have one calling? How great is it that we can have multiple callings? It doesn't have to be, what's my fate? What's my destiny? What am I meant to do? We're meant to do a lot of things. And I always thought, oh gosh, I don't know who, who am I? What am I supposed to be? What is my greatness? But we were created with so much greatness. And if we can start tuning in to those, all of them, not just one, all of them, and start realizing it's okay to pursue multiple things of greatness, then at that point, I think then you're really living. I think you're, you're really fulfilling something in your life. You're not trying to fulfill everyone else's calling or what everyone else is calling you to. Because calling, for some reason, seems to, to end up turning to, what is someone calling me to? Instead of, what do I want to be called to? What, what, is, what, is, you know, what do I want to do? And I always say that's the difference between living and existing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no, I just said very, very true statement and uh, well stated. And also a message that has to be repeated over and over again so that people hear that. Because for so many of our formative years, we are groomed to do certain things and follow a certain path. And I think it's great that Rachel said, this is not my path and I want to do it different. That's so true. And I just hope and pray that everyone gets there instead of, you know, I do know many people that stay where they are for 20 and 30 years just because it's easier. And if nothing else, I just want people to understand that if you follow your, your passion and your dreams that you live a different life. It's just different when you wake up in the morning. And, and I don't even know how to put it into words, but I wake up excited because I never dreamed that through conversation with, with people or through reaching out or getting uncomfortable sometimes, how much growth that, that gives me and how much life it gives me on a daily basis. All right, well, I want you, um, Tamika, can you tell us one more time about your business, the name of your book, and where it's going to be? So the name of my business is Idea Words, uh, which is an LLC, and uh, it is primarily to promote, sell, and distribute my upcoming, uh, soon-to-be-released narrative nonfiction, The Average Joe, An Extraordinary Father, which is largely based on my close relationship with my father. Uh, as well as my sister's relationship with, uh, with our father. And it covers all of the topics that a young lady goes through in her life. It covers um, adolescence. It covers blended families. It colors the, uh, covers the college life, heartbreak, grief, uh, so many different topics to really uh, set the foundation and share the dynamics and so many life lessons that my, my father taught us. So it will be released uh, next month. I can't believe it's mid-October, September already. <laughs> but it will be released in October uh, on Amazon uh, under the, the author uh, titleship, Tamika Lufea, uh, a word, as in word up. 
Awesome. Rachel, tell us one more time about the name of your business and your location for the listeners, please. Absolutely. The name of my business is the Tile Girl Remodeling LLC, and I primarily serve Denver and all of the surrounding areas of Denver. Perfect. And listeners, you can also find these women on nobodygreaterinc.com. Um, their information, book information, and websites will be listed. Also, keep listening because I will be featuring each of them on their own podcast so you can get to know more. Because every woman has a story and every woman is like another woman and should not walk alone. So keep listening. Thank you for being here and have a very powerful day. Thank you, Anika.